I have always come from the angle that you are more than an athlete. Like I care about you as a person. But when you've been celebrated so often from the time a lot of them are, you know, five and six years old, your celebrations um, often come from what you, you are doing in your sport. So that's how you start to identify yourself. And that's how you start to identify success. And so you can't visually see anything outside of that. And so statistically, um, you know, athletes struggle post-career, whether that be collegiately or professionally, with who they are, um, they're suicidal, um, they're depressed. And so I wanted to see um, if by providing a support system while they're here, getting them to think about, you know, their specific career and what that looks like to see somebody else successful and what they want to do outside of their sport, because success, you can be successful as a, you know, an attorney or a dentist or whatever, whatever your path is. Um, and so I wanted to, to show them what success looked like. And it was important to me to show them people of color, um, because especially at a PWI, you don't see that, right? You're in a bubble and you don't typically see people that look like you outside of athletics. I want to create something that I wish my younger self could have had when I first entered the profession which is a platform to serve and impact the next generation of coaches. Young coaches, young professionals, young leaders, they need to see black faces and they need to um, know their story. Personal lives are generally publicized within our profession. So our platform will be very unique because our guests will all share their powerful stories to help our listeners unlock their potential greatness. Guys, welcome back to the show. Um, like I said, they get better and better. This episode right here is with one of my favorite people, um, someone that I love, respect, and admire, Tiffany Smith Hayden. This episode is interesting and it's really cool because uh, at the time we interviewed Tiffany, uh, she was an academic counselor. Um, and, you know, at the time that we will release this episode, you know, she is currently the assistant athletic director for diversity, equity, and inclusion um, at the University of Kentucky. So I want to highlight that because, you know, you you can listen to this episode and clearly understand that she's headed in the right direction. Um, she had been doing what she's doing for a long time. She She's speaking as a master at what she does, like, as far as um, guiding student athletes, mentoring student athletes, loving student athletes, you can you can know that she's speaking as someone who is about to be elevated. Um, because one, you know, she she's awesome. And then, you know, she was just great at what she does. And, you know, she had been doing it for a long time. So she's speaking as someone who is going to be elevated and who's, who's mastered um, a stage and, you know, the career path, so to say. One thing I really enjoyed about this interview, um, I think coaches specifically um, and anybody else who is responsible for people or lead people would benefit from this episode a lot because um, she talked about how, one, how much she loves and respects the students as students and not just athletes. She really talked about 
getting to know the student athletes outside of just what they do. And that could apply in the arena, understanding people as individuals and not just as, you know, people that's supposed to produce things for you. Because of her love and her passion for like what she does and everything, uh, one thing that we, we talked about was the mentorship program that she created, the Human Athlete Project, and um, that pairs student athletes um, with professionals in the area that look like them so that they can see themselves outside of being an athlete. So not only just there for you, but also want to put things into action to help to help her student athletes see themselves as more than an athlete. And uh, I, I connected with that a lot when she was speaking in the interview because one thing that helped me personally when I was a student athlete was my administrator, uh, my SWA. You know, I had great coaches. I love my coaches, but I'll be honest with you guys, I wouldn't have finished Radford University if it was not for my senior woman administrator. And I went, I went to a smaller school in Kentucky. So, you know, we had one administrator with our athletic director and we had our administrator and and she was you know the administrator for pretty much all the women's sports but I was still able to have a connection with her and without her love without her support without her kind of seeing another side of me and one thing that she did for me she always acknowledged my leadership ability you know my ambition and stuff like that so um, she was the one who I'm telling you I, I wouldn't have made it at Radford um, without Stephanie Boleyn is her name. She was our administrator. So um, I, I do want to put that out there, how important um, her role is, the role is that she played when she was an academic advisor and also the role that she's going to play now um, as an administrator. I could talk about her um, this whole time. So Nate, what's your take on the interview? What did you enjoy? What's your thoughts? First of all, first of all, shout out to Tiffany for her promotion. It's well-deserving, right? And Tiff, I'm telling you, you belong. You belong exactly where you are. Um, there's no surprise that you're ascending to the top. You know what I mean? Because I'll tell you one thing, there, no matter her title, Tiffany doesn't do what she do for herself. She does it for, for other people. And obviously, each you're a benefactor of that because you work alongside with her and you have a special relationship with her. And as I got to know her throughout our conversation, I mean, she has a beautiful heart uh, for people. Uh, you you asked me what I learned. That That's exactly what I learned. That's my take. You know what I mean? This woman is a selfless human being that cares about other people, not just student athletes, but everyone she comes in any contact with. Right. And she's the true epitome of building a legacy in your space. All right. No matter the title, she rich, no matter the title, she's rich. And I ain't talking about monetarily. I'm not talking about anything that has to do with money. She's rich because of her intentionality of pouring into lives every single day. The lives of these young men and women and then even her counterparts, like she's helping people. Right. Um, by serving them. And you know, I'm saying there's no shock to me to, to hear about her, her new promotion. Um, and it won't be no shock whenever she gets to to whatever the ultimate goal in her life will be. Because, again, she's that type of woman, you know, she's genuine and, and, and she's so authentic. And so we spoke a lot about just her daily interactions with the student athlete and the coaches. And, you know, we really try to dig deep into just how can others help you. Right. And try to grab her advice to see how she can help us. 
as coaches, right? Because I'll be honest, like I, I try to look at myself as a transformational coach. I really try to work from the inside out rather than the outside in. You know, I try to build the individual outside of just basketball. But I'll be honest, you know, we can also get blinded because at the end of the day, as coaches, we got to put a product on the floor that's going to give us success. So when we go home at night, whether it's a loss or whether it's a bad practice, our mindset is not thinking about, well, how is this young man probably doing in the classroom? You're probably thinking about how do I get this man to, to close out properly? How do I get this man to be able to finish this layup, right? To where when she goes home every day, she's always thinking about the 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 well-being of the individual, right? And there are certain times, especially when you're in a person of her space and is very intentional intentional about the the relationship that you have, you probably gonna be pertinent to more information than we do. You understand? And so it's good for us to understand when we're dealing and working with alongside of people like Tiffany, and there are many Tiffany's in the world that as coaches, we're not afraid to be able to confide in them and learn from them and, and, and ask them certain things about our individual student athletes because they may be able to give us information that can, one, help us help those young men or women be successful on whatever field, court they may be playing on, you know? And so that's something that I took from her. Um, again, I try to be intentional about my relationships with, with my guys or with any of my players that I come in contact with. But as a whole, you know, we, we got to continue to make sure we do better. And so when you listen to this interview, this conversation, it's not even really an interview. It's the conversation from Tiffany. You know, I really hope that you can see yourself as that coach or whatever business endeavor you may be listening from. It don't even necessarily have to be a coach of how do I help the people around me? That's the ultimate goal. How do I help the people around me? And the number one thing is get to know the person. Mm-hmm. Take away the title and get to know the person. Get to know the person from the inside out rather than the outside in. Because ultimately, man, you may be, that's when you may be able to get the best of that person. You know, so again, I'm excited for you guys to, to hear this this beautiful interview from Tiffany Smith, Hayden. Um, again, such a such a, a beautiful woman um, from the inside out. And, and I think you're going to get a lot of nuggets. What was the question that you just asked? How, how can I help? Um, if, if you ever have that question and you probably do have that question, how can you help your people? Tiffany definitely have the answer to that. And that'll be um, exposed in this interview and we'll unpack that. Um, before we get to the interview, I want to mention, you know, she gave a lot of good advice for um, young men, young women who may be, you know, on their way, kind of moving up, moving along um, in their profession or in athletics, or whatever the case may be. Um, and, you know, she talked a little bit about dealing with imposter syndrome and, you know, making sure that you are confident in yourself um, when you, you know, enter those rooms, you know, making sure that you know you, that you know that you belong. Um, you know, not being afraid to ask questions. You know, don't be afraid to be intelligent is another good um, piece of advice that she gave. And, you know, don't make yourself small. Um, so there, there's a lot to unpack, um, and there's a lot to engage in this, in this interview. And we hope that you guys enjoy as much as we did. Um, you're going to learn a lot from this incredible woman right here. So, um, here you go. Here's our interview with Tiffany Hayden.
We are here with Tiffany Smith-Hayden, academic counselor at the University of Kentucky for women's basketball, women's tennis, and rifle. Welcome to the show, Tiff. We really appreciate you being here with us. Thank you all for having me. This is the Black Excellence in Sports podcast, where we highlight those who we believe have demonstrated Black excellence. We want to use their story, their voice, and their testimony to inspire others to unlock their greatness. Tiff, how would you define Black excellence? What comes to mind when you hear that phrase? Um, Black excellence, to me, when I think about it, I think about strength. I think about courage. I think about persistence. I think about rising above pain and uh, surviving anyway. I think about passion and dedication and hurt and impacting others and reaching back and helping someone else along the way. I think about community and uplifting our community. Um, I think about shining, I think about regal, I think about royalty when it comes to black excellence. Tiffany, is there anyone in your life um, that you have deemed demonstrated black excellence to you? Um, When I think about who has inspired and motivated me, encouraged me, I come from a family of strong black women. And one of the first um, people who ever inspired me was my grandmother. She was a successful business owner, probably the first one that I actually knew of. Um, She had property and owned real estate and she was just extremely business savvy. She graduated from high school at 16, valedictorian of her class. Um, she coined the, the phrase, what would Jesus do before it was, <laughs> it was, it was coined, but um, I always admired her strength and her push towards education. It was extremely important to her. Um, so she's probably one of the first most impactful, honestly, um, Black people who, I mean, she exuded excellence. Tiff, um, and since, you know, we, we work together, I kind of got a cheat code with this, but when you walk into your office, um, you see quotes, you see a dictionary, if you go on your social media, you see a bunch of good quotes. Um, what is, what does words mean to you and how do you use that to affect the student athletes that you work with on a daily basis? One of my gifts um, is, is a writer. Um, I'm extremely passionate about writing. And so I am a lover of words. I think words have power if used um, in the right way. So I use them to encourage. Um, I use them to build relationships. I use them to be transparent with my my students. Um, I use them to impact others, whoever's following me on social media, because you can't always touch people, right? You can't always physically be there but words carry a lot of weight and can go further than I can ever reach. Whether you're in California or Canada, um, if you're following me on my, my social media, that, that those words can inspire you and impact you in some way. Tiffany, I know when me and Ish um, spoke about you early on, one thing that she really highlighted to you is that you're beloved by all your, your student athletes. Um, and obviously, like she said, I'm sure when you walk into your office, they just probably, they feel the, the love and the words of affirmation, not just from your mouth, but, but from your, your walls. And, and I, like you said, your, your social media, but talk to me about how you approach um, new relationships, because obviously you meet so many dif- different um, students 
every year? How do you approach those new relationships? I am an observant person by nature. So one of the um, first things that I typically do is just watch and listen. Um, I like relationships to happen organically. And so one of the things that I tell my students when they come into my office is that this space is safe. It's always safe. There is no judgment. And whenever you feel comfortable, you can speak your piece. The other piece um, thing that I, I do is be extremely transparent. So I'll talk about myself first, my journey, my, my hardships, um, you know, trials, um, just to make it more relatable. Um, so that's probably one of the best ways that I build relationships is being transparent and then just letting them know that this, this space is safe. Why do you think it's so important to be vulnerable? Because, you know, I talk to a lot of our guests um, and obviously a lot of them are on this, the same profession. But I say, you know, this is a, you know, even with women, it's a macho, it's a, it's a prideful. We, we got to kind of shield our, shield and guard our hearts, you know. Um, why do you think that it's beneficial to be vulnerable um, in this space or within this profession? Um, because kids today don't care until they know you care. Um, they see through fake, they see through phony, and if you are not authentic, they will not um, open up to you. And so the only way you can get them to open up to you, and if you want a genuine relationship, is to build that trust and be vulnerable and, and transparent. Um, to let them know that, you know, you understand what they're going through and that you, you can relate on, on some level um, to what they're going through or have experienced in their lives. And so I just, I think it's extremely important. This generation, they don't play. <laughs> and so so um, that, has, that has always honestly served, served me, me well. Tiff, your, your position is not necessarily tied to wins and losses. You're, you're more focused on um, developing the student athlete holistically um, and you know, I think that coaches can do a better job at a job, better job at that. Um, if we had a young coach um, listening to this podcast. How would you advise them or what advice could you give to them to to help their student athletes develop more than just, you know, what they do on and off the court or whatever, whatever sport they do? How, how could coaches show more support um, to their student athletes outside of what they do in their sport? Um, I would just say listening um, and having conversations outside of sport. You know, if, if a student athlete comes into to my office, we're rarely talking about their sport. Um, so I would encourage any young coach to go in, ask about them as people, ask about their family, ask about how their parents are doing or, you know, it, what's their favorite color or what would they do if they weren't playing a specific sport any any of those questions will generate information about the individual and not just the athlete tiffany i want to piggyback on that a little bit too what each said but i kind of want to transition it um to your relationship with coaches um because obviously for me i've been a, an assistant uh, for going on six, seven years now, right? And and obviously we know the importance of an academic advisor, academic counselor, but we always try to put that shield and that wall down and say, look, you do your job, make sure these guys are eligible. And then we take care of everything else or females or ladies as well, I'm sorry, you know, make sure they're eligible and good to go. Um, 
and we'll do our job. Don't worry about anything else. But you talk about you're very transparent. I want to hear your thoughts on what can coaches do to help you be better in your job? And again, I'm not talking about just Tiffany, but but just your position, um, because I do know that there sometimes there's a little struggle, you know, for for both of those positions to be able to connect when it comes to the student athlete. You know, being very transparent, I'm in a very great situation. Um, I have a great relationship with my coaches. And basically, I went to all of my coaches and just said, in order for this to work, we have to be on the same page. You all have to support me um, so that we can produce the best students possible. And so it's just really open and honest communication. Um, There has has to be some accountability. I talk to my coaches almost every single day. And I don't know if that's unique to Kentucky, um, but it's very much family oriented. Uh, We laugh and joke and, um, you know, just have a really, really great relationship. And again, it just all starts with communication, me being very honest about what I need from them and then holding them accountable to that. So if I'm in, you know, if I have said a student has done X, Y, and Z, I need you to support that um, and look outside of just what they're doing on the court or on the field. Um, you know, that, that's how it's been able to work and that's why we've been successful. So if you work with three different sports and women's basketball, women's tennis and rifle, they completely different types of people, um, you know, all over the board, just, you know, just different. How do you adjust to and kind of how do you prepare yourself to be able to, you know, give your all to one different type of students and so many students? Um. Time. So I've been doing this since uh, 2009. And I always tell people it's like having different children, right? So for people who have kids, you, you may um, discipline one child one way. And the same thing with coaches, like uh, a student athlete might be able to handle being yelled at. Another student athlete might have to be pulled to the side to bring out the best in that student athlete. So it's the same thing with, with my teams. Um, all of their needs are very different. And again, because I've been doing this a while, culturally, each team is always the same. Every year, it doesn't matter. Um, and so I know um, who is going to need more of me and who you know, won't need as much of me. Uh, my door is open to all of them, as they all know, and any student athlete can come in here um, should they need to. I check in regularly with everybody, whether that be via text or um, calling them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's literally paying attention to the needs of the team, the individual, and adjusting. Tiffany, along with, with being obviously the academic counselor and working with those, with the multiple teams at, at Kentucky, um, something I know you've also started was a mentoring program. And obviously, I think that that's huge um, just within the space because, again, as much as we can educate these young men and women that there's more to life outside of their their sport, um, we don't get that very often until it kind of gets to the to the end of the road. 
you know, to that, that final hours, like, okay, I don't have no other opportunity. I got to go into the real world, but talk about your mentoring program. Talk about why you were motivated to even do that. And then talk about how it can benefit the student athletes as a whole from beginning to the end. Um, so the mentoring project that I kicked off in January of 2020, pre-COVID, um, is, it's called the Human Athlete Project, and it is a mentoring program specifically right now for juniors, um, student athletes that are juniors or in their junior year um, of color. And the goal of the program is to match them with professionals of color in the community. Um, it has been a passion of mine to help people. And this came about, um, the idea came about about five, maybe five or six years ago, um, just in conversations with student athletes and going to different conferences where student athletes struggle with athletic identity and who they are outside of their sport. And that bothered me um, tremendously because I have always come from the angle that you are more than an athlete. Like I care about you as a person, but when you've been celebrated so often from the time a lot of them are, you know, five and six years old, your celebrations um, often come from what you, you are doing in your sport. So that's how you start to identify yourself and that's how you start to identify success. And so you can't visually see anything outside of that. And so statistically, um, you know, athletes struggle post-career, whether that be collegiately or professionally, with who they are. Um, they're suicidal. Um, they're depressed. And so I wanted to see um, if by providing a support system while they're here, getting them to think about, you know, their specific career and what that looks like to see somebody else successful and what they want to do outside of their sport, because success, you can be successful as a, you know, an attorney or a dentist or whatever, whatever your path is. Um, and so I wanted to, to show them what success looked like. And it was important to me to show them people of color, um, because especially at a PWI, you don't see that, right? You're in a bubble and you don't typically see people that look like you outside of athletics. And so, um, it's been a labor of love and it's been successful. Thankfully, the athletes have truly enjoyed it. Um, and I just, I just wanted them to, to see that they are people first. Tiffany, how do you identify the student athletes that are, that are a part of that project? I literally reach out to counselors and have them reach out to their student athletes because I don't know everybody. Um, and I want people who want to be involved. I don't want it to be forced because then it's not, it just seems like something else they have to do. And as you know, student athletes don't have time. Um, and so I wanted them to um, basically volunteer. So I explained the program and what we're hoping to do and then whoever shows interest. And, and from there, we, we match them up with people in the community. How can coaches of, of whatever sport those student athletes are coming from, how can they play a role in helping these student athletes understand that this is something that is very important? Because you're right, you know, most student athletes, and this, I'll be honest, it's, it's those coaches. We say, man, they don't have enough time to do all this extra stuff. You know, we, we got to do this, we got to do that. You know, I need them for this time, need them for that time. So 
how can coaches play a role in helping these these young athletes understand that this is beneficial? Um, I think you speak to, you know, what you're wanting to do post-career. I think for my, specifically with my program, I, I stressed, and even to, to coaches, that it is a minimum of two times per month. So that can be a phone check-in. Initial, the initial um, contact had to be face-to-face, but it could be FaceTime, um, and, and they the mentors and the mentees drove that. So I think if you can stress that it's not time consuming, it's going to help um, develop you as a person. Um, professionally, it's going to help you build your network. Um, I think if coaches are stressing that, then they tend to get on board. And then for, and the other piece, honestly, especially being at a PWI is you get to see more people that look like you. And that is important. I'm very interested in this mentor program, right? So I want to, I want to know this. Um, let's say this, you got a young man or a young coach out here, right? That's going to be listening to this. Okay. And they're going to be very interested in what you're saying. However, they're at a small market, small school, um, limited resources. Okay. They don't have an academic counselor that has kicked off a mentoring program. So they, they can't have someone to just take their kids and go put them in place them somewhere. Right. So how can a young coach or, even if it's an older coach, how can that individual help kind of their student athletes within their small market without having someone like Tiffany Hayden in their ac- academic department? The, the great thing about coaches, no matter the market, is that you have a network. And so you just have to use that network. Um, you have to be willing to reach out to other people, um, other campus resources even it it might be in a small market going to speaking to someone on campus uh it it is literally about relationships building relationships so for me when I was trying to pair um my athletes with within this pilot I reached out to other people because I I didn't know I don't know everybody in every field in Lexington so I was literally contacting my people like, do you know accountants? Do you know um, doctors? And emailing and constantly following up um, and then linking them that way. Obviously, as the program grows, I won't always be able to do that. So we now have um, a software that, that's handling that. But initially, it's just you using your network. That's how I, I did it. Tiff, um, Nick has never asked this many follow-ups, so he's really, really interested. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love it. I love it. I, I love it. Definitely. Um, you, you guys see why, you know, everybody loves her because she's very intentional, deep, amazing soul. Um, and uh, we're, we're lucky to have her, you know, on our staff. Um, I, I want to transition. I want to go back to... Um, you know, when you first started, you've been doing this for 10, 11 years. Um, so let's go back to the Tiffany that just started maybe year one, year two, young professional. Um, what are some things that you had to overcome personally and, you know, being a black woman um, in, in your profession? Um, what are, and also, how do you separate yourself as a black woman in your profession? Um, are you just talking, speaking directly to the position itself? Yeah. So, you know, if I'm if I'm a young, um, you know, I I think I want to be an academic counselor or I think I want to go in athletic administration. Um, So 
and I'm, I'm looking to you for advice of some things you had to overcome professionally or personally as a black woman. Um, specifically in athletics. Now, when I started here within the uh, athletic department and, and the academic center, I was the only black woman in this area, period. So one of the things that you have to overcome is they call it imposter syndrome, but like you don't belong. Um, I, you have to overcome that. Like you deserve to be in that space. Um, the other thing that you have to overcome, especially in a predominantly white space, is the fear of being looked at when you assert yourself as the angry black woman um, and, and changing who you are to make other people comfortable. Um, do not be afraid of your intelligence. Uh, do not make yourself small um, in the presence um, of other people. Um, don't be afraid to speak your truth, whatever that truth is. You have something to offer. And no, you're not going to know everything. Do not be afraid to ask questions. I had the benefit of being mentored by the, the person who created academic centers in the U.S. The very first center was here at the University of Kentucky. And he is the guy who hired me. And so I was in his office every week um, talking to him, asking him questions, you know, getting advice because he had been doing it for so long. I mean, he just retired two years ago. Um, and so he, he'd been doing it since 1981. And so I had that, the privilege of, of speaking with him and then, you know, relying on other people and not being afraid to mess up because trust me, you will mess up a lot. Um, a lot so that's probably some of the best advice looking back even looking back that I would give myself my younger self and then to anybody wanting to to come into the, the field Tiffany I'm curious to hear your answer on this um, you're in a place and when I say place I'm, I guess I mean I mean by position where you can really really dive deep into the relationships um of your players, of, of the student athlete. You really can peel back some layers because you're in a neutral position. You don't got to worry about how much playing time they get. You don't got to worry about anything when it comes to the athletic part. So they're probably more prone to, to really connecting with you more deeper than they probably would the assistant coach that recruited them. However, during your time, like you say, you've been there 10 years, you know, been, been in that position for 10 years. What are some common things or common issues that you have found from those student athletes that you may be able to help some of these coaches that will be listening to this, this interview? Students always come to college campuses with a lot of baggage. And sometimes their um, previous environment is the reason why they're acting a certain way or they're fighting against buying into the system. And I would encourage, again, having a conversation and getting to know the student outside of their sport. I can't stress that part enough. Um, if more coaches would take the time to just talk to their students and not bring up, you miss this many layups or your shot is off or Whatever the case may be, if you just take the time to pause for a second 
and just listen to them, understand that they're dealing with a lot. It is extremely layered. There's a lot of pressure on them to become successful because sometimes families are riding on the success of their, the athlete. Um, and so like understanding that, that window and that, that view also, especially today, um, mental health, that is huge. And that, like you said, they don't, I've probably heard more in this office than most coaches here have heard. That is just the truth. Um, and so just paying attention to the mental health and when, when they, when a student athlete is all of a sudden acting differently, not performing suddenly, like just paying attention to those changes, being observant, slowing down as a coach. And I know coaches don't always have the opportunity to do that, um, but assistant coaches can, right? Because a lot of times the assistant coaches are having conversations with, with, with the players. So um, taking time to pause and, and, and if you notice um, a behavior from a student athlete that is not normal, um, something's probably going on that you need to dig a little deeper. And, and have those, that conversation. And it might have to be away from the office. Sounds like uh, you have a lot of conversations, Tiff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I know that, you know, it, it, what you do takes a lot of time and, you know, it could take a, a toll on you because you do have to support so many different people. And, you know, so I want to ask you this. How do you stay motivated? How do you stay full? Um, you know, how do you stay ready to, to serve um, and, and fill yourself back up to do that? Uh, you know, initially I struggled with that because I tend to um, carry the emotions of other people. And I, I would carry that stuff home with me. You know, everybody has my cell phone number. And so a lot of times even leaving work, you're not ever really leaving work. Uh, so I work out like crazy uh, <laughs> and I have um, stopped responding to things that aren't urgent and feeling the need. Like I used to feel like I had to respond immediately. Um, I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. Um, you've probably seen some signs on my door each where they're like, you're not ever in your office when I need you. Um, jokingly, of course, but um, that that has been my saving grace, honestly. And doing the Human Athlete Project, to be honest, uh, has been also um, a saving grace because I'm so passionate about that. And it's different, right? It's helping in a different way. Um, and it's serving in a different way. And service is extremely important to me. And I mean, that's my baby. And then the other thing is, all right, all right. Tiffany, you're invested in so many lives. And as I get to, to know you during this, during this interview, I can really tell that you love not only what you do, but you love the people you do it with and do it for. But with that comes a lot of emotions, okay, a lot. Um, and I know some are good, and I know some, some are bad. Um, because, again, when you're invested in these young men and women, you know, at some point you start looking at them as they're like your own. You know, and for me as a as a coach, I only have to deal with 15. Where not only do you have three teams, 
you know, and so obviously that may be almost 50 kids. On top of that, you got, you know, kids that you built relationships with in the past that you're still connected with. I'm very curious to how you channel so many different emotions that can kind of probably, you know, send you on a roller coaster ride if you if you're not very intentional about harnessing those things. You know what that, yes, that is actually very, very, very true. Um, even speaking to the, you know, past relationship, you know, from former players that I, I do still very much have. Um, but it, it just goes for me uh, being extremely intentional and being mindful of where I am. Like if my energy is low, uh, I'm extremely aware of that. And so that's just coming to um, an understanding about who I am. I believe in counseling. So I go to therapy, um, you know, so that I am either redirecting energy or making better decisions about my energy, if that makes sense. Um, and so that's really how I tend to channel it. Um, like I said, I write a lot. I've been writing um forever but now I'm actually like putting it out there um, for people to see so I, I do that and I, I talk to people I have really great relationships um, with like especially specifically like with the women's um, basketball assistant coaches my my relationship with them um, extremely strong relationship and then I have a wonderful tribe of women my sisters I'm a one of four girls um, and so extremely close and like I said working out uh, I'm religious about working out. That she is. I'm, I'm a witness. <laughs> um, she, she can lift some weight too. Uh, Tiff, you know, as coaches, you know, if you have a good practice, it's a good day. If you have a good game, it's a good day. Um, you know, sometimes even if it's a bad game, it could be a good day. But when, you know, when you leave the office, you know, when you grade yourself or maybe maybe even like grade the student athletes or grade your day at work, what makes it a good day for you specifically um, in your role? Mm, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> honestly, what makes it a good day is if I've had about 10 of my students in here and we've had some really great conversations. Um and they've laughed and they've been able to vent and release. And I've been able to redirect them, um, you know, and get them back on track. Uh, that probably is a very, very good day. Tiffany, how do you define success in your position? Because obviously for you, you know, your goal is, is to help these young men and women achieve excellence within the classroom, but you can't control what they put on that pen and paper all the time, right? And you can't be over their shoulder to make sure they're doing their work and staying on top of their task and checking their syllabus. Um, so obviously, I know you want them to succeed individually. And then obviously, I know you want teams to succeed that you work with. But if that doesn't happen or when that doesn't happen every now and then, like how do you say, man, okay, I was successful this month, this week or this year? Um, if I have done everything in my power to help a student, I have provided them resources. I have, I have communicated with them. We've met, um, I've, I've talked to, you know, coaches if need be, 
or refer them on to other sources of help. Um, if I feel like they are doing the best that they can, and I understand that their best on Monday might be different than what they can give on Wednesday, um, then I feel like I have been successful. We, we, we have been academically successful because there is an academic accountability piece in place um, that I created years ago, um, trying to change the, the academic culture um, of my sports. But outside of that piece, everything that I just said, and they know um, that I've done everything, then, then I feel like I've been successful. So if we talked about um, student athletes trying to find themselves outside of their sport, and one thing I've realized in my short amount of time, you know, in the women's basketball profession is coaches struggle with finding themselves outside of their sport more than the student athlete do. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, and, you know, and even in your position, um, you know, you spend a lot of time in your position what, how do you not attach yourself um, to, to your job or to the success of the team or to the success of, you know, the, the grades of your student athletes? What do you do to make, to, to, to see yourself as more than an academic counselor or, um, you know, more than what your role may define you to be? Um, I've never, I've never attached myself to the position. I'm, I, it is, a, it is a part of what I do, but it's never been who I am. I am so much more than this, than this position. Uh, it's specifically speaking to my title, which is why I've been able to have relationships because I've been a mother, I've been a sister, I've been an auntie, I have been a mentor. I have been whatever it is that the student needed in that, that, that moment. And so because of that, um, I've been able to separate um, it's not a status. Some people look at it as status. Um, and then again, I have a really great support system and my family is amazing. Um, my friends are amazing. And so I, I lean on, on that and I don't ever want to be caught up to where I can't separate Tiffany out in the street and Tiffany, the academic counselor. I, I never want to being that, that space. Tiffany, I feel like you just answered this question, but I still want to ask it. Um, what makes what you do worth it? What makes what I do? Being impactful makes it worth it. Um, today was the first day that I was able to come back into the office and uh, several of my women's basketball students stopped by and they were so excited as was I, um, you know, to see me and I was so excited to see them. That makes it worth it because they genuinely missed me, even though they're not always happy with me, even though they, they get upset with me. Um, being able to reach and impact and challenge and inspire um, and encourage and engage and um, lead, if you will, young students um, is amazing. It's, it's just, it's just amazing. And I, I love, I love that. So if you just mentioned about um, your student athletes may not, you know, like everything that you may say at times or, um, but they still like you. 
we'll, we'll have a lot of coaches listening to this. Um, and that's a situation that coaches got to deal with as well. How do you specifically handle that? Um, you know, being tough on them with their grades or whatever, wherever you have to be tough on them with, but still them still loving you and embracing you for who you are. Um, I'll go back to the relationship piece. The reason why I'm able to be tough on them and they still respect me and appreciate me and hug me when we could hug um, (laughs) is simply because they know that I'm coming from a place of care and that is genuine. And again, students today can see through any type of phoniness. And so if, if you're not sincere, if the only time you're celebrating them is when they're doing well on the court and you have nothing else to say if they've aced a test or, you know, anything outside of that sport, then they're going to have a hard time with you coming down on them because they don't know the space in which you're coming from. So as I said earlier, you know, once they know that you care, they can handle it. Um, you know, their parents get on them, right? They're growing up or the guardian, whoever whoever is raising them, they get on them too, but they don't stop loving them because they always know that it's coming from a great place. And so it, it's, it's the same thing. I always tell them, I wouldn't be hard and I'm not doing my job if you're not getting upset with me at times. If you like me all the time, then we have, we have serious issues. I just want to praise you because each told me about how, uh, I guess the women's basketball team tweeted out that you were their rock. And so I, I can see why all those, you know, a few of those girls came in and were very excited to see you. Um, and, and again, that's that's what this is all about. Um, because for us, you know, we talk about black excellence. Again, it's not a status. You know, it's not it's not money, it's not fame, it's not fortune, but it's the it's those lives that you continue to to impact and to help develop. You know, because again, that's the that's the most important thing that I think anybody can give anybody is the opportunity to be better. Um, well, I so. thank you so much. Uh, thank you all. I was shocked by that. Um, them calling me the rock. I, I was really, really shocked, but you know, I, I on my um, story today. So a couple of days ago, two of my former student athletes, uh, Denisha Stallworth and Jennifer O'Neill, um, out of the blue sent me um, chocolate covered strawberries. And they've been gone from here since 2014, 2015, maybe the years start to to come, you know, blur. So I can't remember. But either way, had that delivered to my house. And and I I say if you pour out um, and do good, it's a boomerang effect. It will come back to you. If you do good without expectation, if you are a kind human being. And if you realize that your life is not about you and it's always about serving other people, you get things like Tiffany is our rock or you get unexpected um, gifts in the mail from your former students um, because you have been, you've impacted them in a way. Do good without expectation. I love it. Um, man, this is some good stuff. Uh, I, I want to go back to your your answer to what does black excellence mean to you or how do you define it was really, was really powerful. Um, I want to go back to that for a second. You talked about, um, if I remember correctly, you said overcoming pain or, um, you know, and 
and succeeding anyway, how important is it for young people or, you know, young professionals or even yourself to see other people um, overcoming pain or see other people, you know, navigating through this world successfully and not letting anything knock them down? Um, I think it's extremely important. Um, you know, we, we just lost uh, Congressman John Lewis, right? And he became extremely involved at 2021, speaking, fighting, risking his life. And I have grown weary during this time, honestly. Um, but I look to him and other people like him. And he made a comment or a quote that said, this is a lifetime fight, right? And so he was able to find joy and people have to understand that joy is a sign of resistance. And so because of that, um, I continue to push, I continue to give, I continue to serve because people like him um, came before me and, and through more challenging times, right? I, I, I can't waste what my ancestors fought so hard and di diligently for um, because I'm tired. Because my tired is not their tired. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I'm telling you that I just wrote this down. You said this is a lifetime fight. And it is. Um, and obviously, Tiffany, I want you to I want you to continue to elaborate on that real quick, because, again, I'll be honest, our target, our target audience is, you know, it's just the black, the black culture, black people are right? young, old, in between. Um, and that's something that, again, like you said about our ancestors, they've been fighting for so long for a lot for a lot, for a lot of things, equal rights, opportunity, freedom, whatever it may be, they've been fighting for us to just have this opportunity to do what we're doing now, mm -hmm. right? And so just talk to our listeners when you say this is a lifetime fight. One, what do you mean? And then two, how can, how can we can, can take that, apply it to our life and continue to, to push forward? Um. John Lewis was 80 years old when he passed away, um, and and it, those were his words. Um, but I think it's just I think it means that the journey is continuous. We have never arrived, right? We are always, and when I say we, America is always a work in progress, and will continue to be a work in progress because racism is embedded within the fabric of this country. And so I think that you have to understand that it is going to be a lifetime and it could be your lifetime. Understand that your ancestors fought and didn't even get to see, right? Um, didn't even get to see what we see today. Um, some of them died and didn't even get a chance to vote, but they fought anyway. And so I think it's always about bettering your community and fighting anyway, because somewhere, and it might not be in your lifetime, it could be generations um, down the line, they will benefit from your, your, your voice that you use and, and your, 
your willingness to fight. Um, like I said, even when you're tired. Even when you're tired, mm-hmm. we got to overcome. Listen, I'm preaching to myself first. <laughs> so, um, I know you're, you just talked about, um, you know, having the right to vote. And I know you're big on voting. Um, there are a lot of athletic departments who are trying to figure out ways to encourage their student athletes to vote or to even assist them in that process. Um, why do you think um, encouraging voting is so important? And what would you say to those um, programs? Voting is important because that's how you start to implement change. And people have to start to understand that local elections are really where the change takes place. It's not so much in the presidential election. And so if people can start understanding that, but that comes from educating young student athletes or voters, if you will. So it has to be an educational piece because right now they, they see um, they see it as them being removed, like it doesn't impact them today, but in reality is very much impacting them. And so I think you have to, to show why it impact, impacts them, how it impacts them. Um, and again, it has to be through educational measures and it can't be the month that they're voting, right? It needs to be a process. Um, you know, I don't know if it's throughout the year, um, some type of educational piece. So they do a lot of times uh, athletic departments will do like financial education for their student athletes when they're getting their scholarship money. Um, and so it could be a piece that's, you know, the same, the same way we do financial, financial education, we should do voter education. I love that, Tiffany. And I'll say this, you know, to speak on that a little bit, um, just to be honest, I know for me, I, I've only voted one time. You know what I mean? I voted, I, I'll just be honest, I voted for Barack Obama, right? And I remember when I did it, uh, I was still in college, probably, you know, and just, it was funny because when I did it, I voted for him and uh, went to my mom's job the next day after I voted. And I had, you know, this one, it had the t-shirts that everybody big face was on it. So I had Barack Obama's face on it. It was all, you know, excited and like, yeah, I did something. And, uh, you know, my mom asked me, man, she said, uh, you know, why did you vote? And I said, because he's black. You know what I mean? Because obviously that was the answer, you know. And she said, uh, you know, she educated me in that moment. You know, she said, don't do anything that you're not educated on. You know what I mean? Not that he's not black. I understand that. But, you know, when we start talking, when me and my mom talk about politics, she's always taught me about this in every, every walk in life. But she said, if you don't know, if you're not educated on it, don't speak about it. Mm-hmm. And so my point of saying that is, I think a lot of people, you know, they fail in their instances to educate their young voters, even including myself, you know, because they don't they don't know. They're not educated. So I'm glad that you preached on first. Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everybody is trying to do that now. with What's going on in the world um, so they can understand why they're doing it, because I, you made a great point. It's not necessarily the presidential election. It's the local election because that's actually is something that's gonna gonna help you, yeah. right? It's not it's not the it's not the big dog, you know. It's the small dog that can actually maybe impact the big dog in some uh-huh. fashion, uh-huh. right? Um, but I want to hear your thoughts on this because I I want to be I want to be practical, right? I got a group of fifteen young men, okay, and my athletic department may not do a. a a voter registration education course. They may not do that, but 
we may want to as a staff, like, man, we got to educate our young men. We got to, you know, enlighten them on what's going on so they can be better for themselves, not just today, but for 40 years down the road. Mm -hmm. How can we help them in just that small pocket, just being simple, like what advice could you give, you know, the the coaches that say, you know what, I want to do it for my, my program. Um, I think it's having thought talk, if you will, just having a session. Um, it might be in the summer, you know, where you're not necessarily reviewing film as much as you're doing like in season. So, you know, with basketball, normally they have the benefit of being on campus early. So I think you, you could do just talk, uh, chalk talk sessions. Um, it could be on a, a Thursday and we, you can have a whole conversation about it and engage and do a Q and A and discussion and try to get what they understand. And then what they don't understand, then you bring in educational resources and that could be a PowerPoint presentation or somebody, you know, within the community, a politician, you know, within the community to come in, come and speak. I think there are several ways to, to, to educate um, if you, if you put in the time to do it. One more question I'm curious about, because you're really about developing the holistic person, okay? The whole the whole individual. Um, what are some things that you will say student athletes need to be trained or educated on before they walk across that stage to graduate from college? And when I say that, you know, I mean, I'm trying to, trying to cut you off, but, you know, we talk about financial literacy. We're talking about, you know, like you said, voter voter education. I mean, we, we're talking about all kinds of things, but, but just being in your your seat and, and you you dealt with multi, a multitude of different individuals. OK, some some coming from, you know, a better background than others. But when it talking about the common ground to say, man, if these guys or girls are educated and trained in this area by however many individuals it take over this next four years, they will be prepared for college or for life after college. I mean, I think the financial literacy piece is, is huge. I, I, I mean, I think that is extremely important. I think they need to learn about savings, um, understanding checking accounts. I mean, it, it, it's, it sounds so simple, to us, but a lot of them don't understand it. Um, you know, whether, whether that be um, investing even, even. So just understanding the value of a dollar and how they could walk away from campus, um, you know, in a very financially um, better situation than they came into, right? If they're mindful of their money. So financial literacy, um, I think <clears throat> I am a current events person. So I think it is extremely important for them to be aware of what is going on around them outside of the bubble in which they exist, because there is so much more going on than athletics. Um, and there are people who do not care that you are an athlete at, at the end of the day. So I think they need to be mindful of what's going on in the world around them again, the educational piece about voter um, registration and, 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 you know, locally or, and how that impacts you. Um, and 
going back to their specific careers, because a lot of times athletes don't get the opportunity to do internships necessarily. So trying somehow to prepare them for that specific career and having them get a better understanding of what that looks like. Um, you know, once it, like once they're done with their sports career. Tiff, I kind of want to ask the same question um, as Nick, but I want to move it to um, as a professional. Um, I know you're extremely dedicated to your work um, and you are really detail oriented and, you know, you, you hire young professionals at times. If I'm a young professional, I'm getting ready to get my, my first job or second job or whatever the case may be. Um, what do new professionals need to, to go in? Say somebody was coming to work for you. What would you want them to do or what type of qualities would you want um, them to have? Because it'll, it'll be some young professionals listening to this podcast as well. So um, I'd like to get your insight on that. Um, as you said, I am very detail oriented. So knowing how to pay attention to detail is extremely important to me. Um, I think it's a great skill set to have. Knowing how to problem solve and take initiative, meaning you've attempted to find a solution. Um, and so that also involves being able to critically think. Sometimes um, because students have been enabled and they've relied a lot on parents to, you know, problem solve for them. You know, the first thing they want to do when an issue comes up is let me call my mother or father, um, or grandma, you know, whomever, <clears throat> instead of taking the time to actually look up the information. So because, because that happens, a lot of times the same thing will happen to me, that they call me Mama Tiff. Mama Tiff, I can't do X, Y, and Z. And my first question is, did you try this? Have you done this first? Um, and then if they've done those steps, then, then I'm going to, to help. Um, so learning how to take initiative. And the other piece is learning how to find resources um, and asking the right questions. Tiffany, kind of piggybacking off what each said, um, we are going to have some young professionals, you know, listening to this podcast. Um, what advice would you give them when it comes to developing their interviewing skills or developing their communication skills? Uh, I would encourage them to use their career centers on their campuses. A lot of times they will not go do that, but, you know, career centers on campuses offer mock interviews all the time. They're begging students to come and, and use those, those resources. So I would encourage, you know, young professionals to go and, and do mock interviews. And then the other piece is to go on as many interviews as you can. Right. And then once you're not, if you know, if you don't get hired to follow up, um, always follow up and ask specific questions on what you can do to be better um, or improve or just any advice that they might have, you know, the company might have to offer you as you continue your, your job search. Um, and as far as communication, you know, you get better at it by, by doing it. Uh, a lot of students will shy away from, you know, communication courses or they'll shy away from speaking in front of their team. That's one of the easiest places because you know them, um, you know, take on a leadership role within your team. 
um, as an athlete. Um, be willing to, to step up and, and, and speak up um, in order to become more comfortable with communication. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's a career development uh, center. I, um, career development is like my, my passion, low key. Um, if it wasn't for the women's basketball or uh, college athletics, I would probably be like a career development advisor or something like that. Um, so, yes, please, please, you know, follow that advice. Well, Tiffany, obviously, as we wrap up, um, like we said, this is the Black Excellence Podcast. And I'm so uh, very thankful and honored that we had the opportunity to just highlight you. Um, because, again, you you're somebody that is truly on the front line, but but your position and, and, and who you are can go unnoticed because people aren't thinking about the student athlete off the court. They, they think about the student athlete on the court, but, but you are, you know, the true reason of why they even have the opportunity to be doing what they're doing. So, you know, from, from obviously from an assistant coach position, um, I thank you for, for all the, the love sacrifice and, and the time commitment that you put into these young men and women. And so again, that, that for us is the true definition of black excellence, you know, really serving and impacting the lives, you know, behind you. And then obviously the lives, but the lives beside you and the lives that are already ahead of you. Um, you know, I can tell you a people person. I can tell you, uh, I can tell, you know, you, you someone that truly loves and, and, and endears people. So um, thank you with, you know, thank you for that. Um, and like you said, you know, in your definition of black excellence, uh, you know, you spoke about royalty. And that's, you know, that's what we do, you know, on our show. We, we, we crown, you know, the people that we bring on royalty. Um, and so today you get your flowers from me, Anisha, and we appreciate you, um, you know, because you are sitting above, you know, top of the throne, uh, you know, today for us. And then obviously for life, not just today. We're highlighting you today, <laughs> but you, you definitely sitting on life. But, you know, one thing we like to ask, and obviously, again, this is not for us. This is, you know, for the many men and women, you know, that's going to be coming behind, you know, you. Uh, when that time comes, you know, and you do hop off that throne, right, and you're wearing that crown, when you take that crown off to pass it to the next young lady, okay, that's going to be sitting in your seat somewhere, what's one message you want to leave in it for that specific person? Um, first of all, thank you very, very much uh, for those really kind words. I'm extremely appreciative and um, grateful for the opportunity um, to share my story. Um, but what I would encourage um, anybody who is willing to be of service is to empty your cup of all the goodness that you have and pour it into whomever you are serving. I want to thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to Rising Coaches for partnering with us and giving us this platform um, to share these amazing stories. Real quick, guys, if you are not a member of Rising Coaches and you are in the basketball profession, 
You want a coach, you're a seasoned coach, you're a beginner coach, it does not matter. I want to encourage you to check out Rising Coaches. Um, join Rising Coaches and become a member of the largest coaching tree in basketball. Over 1,300 members from all levels, high school to NBA, gain access to over 1,000 hours of coaching clinics um, and build genuine relationships with other coaches. Rising Coaches provides the community and the resources that will help you have long-term success in the coaching industry. Please visit Rising Coaches to join or if you got any questions, hit me up.